Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Sawdust Talk. Uh, we got a great guest for you tonight. We've got Suman from Woodcraft by Suman. Uh, he's all right. He's fine. We'll probably have an okay enough time. Uh, before we get everybody in, I want to thank our sponsors, Surf Prep and George Supply Co. Uh, we probably could do this without them, but it wouldn't be nearly as much fun. So go check them out. Um, George Supply makes terrible sanders and uh, Surf Prep, not great CA glue, but they do the other stuff pretty good. So let me go ahead and get everybody in and we'll get rolling. Make sure you throw your comments down in the little thing down here with the little, little question mark on it. So. And just see. Bah, bah, bah. I have so much faith in IG working tonight. Uh, What's up, bud? I can add comments, but I can't see anything. Let's let's just do a test here. I'm starting to wonder, starting to wonder if, it's if it's not, not a feature. A feature. Hello. Oh, like some in the settings, I've managed to turn it off. I just don't think it exists. Maybe there's an update or something, and you, we just we don't have them as a collective we, not just you. Oh, hard to say. Jesse, how are you? It's been forever. I know. <laughs> I'm good. Busy, busy, but good. How are you guys? All right. I'm doing good. I just got off a uh, live with Drew uh, Witt from Whitworks and Travis from Shop Nation. And I was not wearing the Shop Nation shirt on purpose. Am I the only one with a drink? <laughs> what kind of a live stream is this, you guys? With a drink? I got a drink. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a Utah-based live, so it's actually non-alcoholic. Mm. It's got to be clear. Don't believe this him. Is all, this is all juice. I heard in uh, Canadian waters, you have to have a bathroom in your boat in order to have alcohol on board. It's the weirdest law. Doesn't everybody have a bathroom on their boat? It's the edge. <laughs> Apparently, so how people don't pee in the water. I would love to see what the legalese language of it is. Like, what constitutes a bathroom on a boat? <laughs> it's water. What's it going to do? Get more wet? Like, it's fine. <laughs> okay, cool kids. Before, before we get started, I anyway, can't like... see Suman, so I'm going to dip out and come back. Oh, not this nightmare again. That's okay, man. I believe in us. We can make this happen. It'll be like three minutes. I'll do a hard reset, and I'll be right back. I was going to say, can, can, you, can you hear him? Just, like, do the whole thing blind. It'll be fine. Everyone <laughs> wants to see someone, though. Uh, uh, I mean, do they? I do. Tease me? I do. Jesse, I think you're on, on camp one by yourself there. Me? Most people are actually really nice to me, unlike you. I am nice to <laughs> Stop. Well, we could do an introduction while we wait. Yeah. So, let's, uh, let's... I mean, I feel like everybody knows Simon, but Simon, do you want to give a little introduction into all the woodworking that you do? Sure. So I, I don't do any woodworking at this point. I mostly just film and pretend like I'm a woodworker in front of a camera. Um, but my name is Suman and I run a channel here called Woodcraft by Suman and on YouTube and um, I usually like to play around with tools and toys. That's the best way I can describe it at this point. You're like I don't a tech like, master. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like that description of tools and toys when you've got that 
creepy ass head sitting in your shop. It was used as a tool. Okay. Not sure. a toy. That's either I none of it makes me happy. I don't like any of it. <laughs> we're we're getting into the uh, you know the the legalese of what constitutes a bathroom at this point. End of the day, it's still pissing off a boat. Started talking about fish having to pee in the same water as people. Just not friend. It's just not nice to the fish. I think it's fine. Don't they say that urine is uh, it's like sterile anyways? Yeah, technically. technically that's the technically, yeah. that's the mm -hmm. biggest thing I learned from the movie Dodgeball. Science. <laughs> Simon's good at science. So are coconuts. Coconuts are sterile. Are they really? Mm-hmm. Coconut water is sterile. It, it used to be used for emergency surgeries uh, when there was no saline available because it's also like saline neutral for the human body. Um, which leads to another question. This is, this is not, <laughs> I was interested to learn this actually at Workbench, um, is that this isn't your like full-time job. Do no, God no. I, do, do people actually know what you do no. for a day job? No. Do you want to it's a secret. tell us a little bit? So, so um, um, I work at, yeah. Hey, bud. How's it, it going? It occurred to me that you and I were both wearing green today. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, a, it was all part of our clever wait, plan. Wait, 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 answering the question Jesse just asked me. That's okay. Yeah. yeah, I was just mesmerized by your magenta key lighting. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, no, I get made fun of quite often for using that light. Why? It separates you from the background. That's wonderful. <laughs> what, you're doing magenta? It's, oh, oh, ooh. I had to party in Jesse's I, I, house. We're talking to a YouTuber here, so I had, that's very aggressive. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, but it matches his workbench, which we're definitely going to be talking about. So just be prepared. No, I, so I work in uh, research and development of pharmaceutical drugs. So that's what I do for a living, and uh, I do woodworking on the side. So to answer the a very short way, <laughs> there's so much more to it, but oh, please but it, don't it go. Does, it does explain the science part of things yes. for me, and seeing what you do on YouTube is what you do on, in the day job. Yeah. That it, it all just it's full circle. Absolutely, and as long as we don't get into how we ran into each other at WorkbenchCon, I think we're good. <laughs> First question. Here's the that, that, that question. Here's some tea. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. So, are you guys all in Central ish time time zone? Right, you're not Jesse. Okay. No, I'm West Coast, Best Coast. So uh, this is like past my bedtime, you guys. I know it's super late for you. And and to think, this is an hour earlier than it used to be. We used to be is like a right? two in the morning type Instagram oh live channel. Uh, yeah. And then you guys realize like, guys, okay, cool it. We're no longer, you know, in high school doing woodworking channels. We're like actual adults now. We can't do this. Well, no. It was that. And for the longest time, we were trying to pick up the Japanese demographic and it just never really took off. I wonder, so wonder we why. Just kind of you don't have it. enough, uh, you know, like, like, side effects. like, wow. And like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's probably not enough Kauai. time I asked the question, there was onomatopoeia that exploded behind me like a Batman cartoon. We would be crushing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Okay. But I want that. Braden, Braden, make that happen. Yep. Every oh. time we do a science finger, we need to have it explode for science. I will hit up the sponsors. We're going to work on uh, effects before we work on just a stable platform. To <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> this platform doesn't allow for anything. You're lucky if the live stream actually streams. Listen, I don't, we, you joke. I don't want to talk about last week's live stream. I'm still bitter about it. Instagram just ate it to the depth. With Dylan? Yeah. Aww. So, yeah, I have no idea what it did, so. Uh, uh, but fine. I did sacrifice, I sacrificed a goat to the Instagram, you know, Facebook God, so we should be okay this time. Is your Wi-Fi good? <laughs> That's probably <laughs> Right. I wish I could. I wish I could stream in my shop. I need to get like an actual like Ethernet cable out there because the Wi-Fi is terrible. So I'm always just like in my basement being creepy. But at least I have good lighting. But, but you have light exactly. You're in the basement partying is what you are doing. It's fine. We're just here having a good time. Exactly. So what so, are you guys having for drink? I'm. Uh, basic um, white claw girl. I've got a Luke cold yellow Gatorade. Ew. That's basically pee. It, well, I mean, in yellow, out yellow. You didn't say it's lukewarm, it's Luke cold. You just have to yeah, qualify it's, that. it's like a solid 65 degrees, not a 72 degrees. Nope. Love it. But yeah, it's, it's still just cool enough to be refreshing and, and worth drinking but yeah yeah it'll be hot believe it or not i have some apple cider in here that's basically it i feel like it's the season it's fall i it's one of those things if i don't do it with conscious effort i won't feel like i've like fully experienced fall so i have to like have some apple cider it's just apple cider it's just apple cider <laughs> <laughs> and that book and girls is why you can tell that we're all not in high school. <laughs> exactly. We're it's talking about the heavy machinery, I'm... you guys. Good, because we because we love, love apple good. cider and ball and bedtime. And be oh, I love bedtime so good. <laughs> oh, but when you have okay. kids, I have one chicken. She's oh man. All right, let's let's get this let's get this boat moving. Um, this is a we have a viewer question which actually ties into the first question of like, hey, give us the rundown. Tell us about you, how you got started, uh, or uh, in a way that I like phrasing-wise, Veterans Own Woodworks asks, why are you the way that you are? Yeah, it, it's, it's a really deep philosophical question. Um, and it stems from the fact that sometimes I feel like being an asshole and sometimes I try to be nice. And I don't know how to marry the two together, so I sometimes am the way I am. Is that, how did you get to the heart of, of exactly the, the perplexing nature of who I am? How did you get started woodworking? How did oh, you get right. started on like your style of content? <laughs> Good lord. He's not a woodworker. He didn't get started woodworking. Right, exactly. No, so I started woodworking because I, I legitimately saw a cutting board at like a, a farmer's market. And I thought like I could make that. 
So I spent like five times more money buying a table saw and a router and some wood and I thought I could make it and I did, but then I realized like I needed nicer tools and I just kept getting more and more tools. Okay, and so like the addiction caught hold and things just got out of hand. Is that is that what's yeah. going on? Yeah, uh, and eventually I thought that was not fun enough. I would start making content, and that really spiced things up a lot. Well, I mean, if you got a cousin that's a CPA, I'm sure they could help you with making tool purchases and making content and an LLC. And oh yeah, now that makes sense. Yeah, there's. A, I see a question in here. Uh, are we picking on Suman tonight? That that's. Pretty much what I was asked was going to be my role for the night. Right yeah, that's, on. That's essentially what we were shooting for, I'm going to be honest. It's not an interview. It's an inter interrogation. Oh. interrogation. I want to actually ask you some questions about sharpening because you seem yeah. to be somebody who is an authority on sharpening. Is there any one aspect that you feel gets left out of most conversations or demonstrations? Uh, consistency in the angle of attack is probably the most important thing. Um, so whatever it is that you can do to consistently hit, hit the leading edge of that, you know, iron chisel, whatever, that's going to do, do the best job for you. Um, you know, I, I've gone through some phases of what works for me in terms of like the progression of stones and all of that stuff. Honestly, for most folks, you're going to probably want to stop. And if you do, then don't worry so much about anything else. You don't have to go through 1,000, 5,000, 8,000, whatever. You, I've seen results where you can literally just hit it with 1,000 and go straight to stopping and still be as sharp as progressing through the stones. So consistency of hitting the angle right is far more important. When did, so you, when did you get into working with hand tools? Pretty much since the beginning uh so i mean like when you do power tool work it's it's rough work in in some sense like you can have nice tools that'll get you really good results but hand tools just really take it to a completely new level where you're not really thinking about oh this is a 16th of an inch you're thinking i want to take off two thousandths of an inch you know uh so hand tools give you that level of obsession and fine tuning that I just love. And I think there's part of me that's, you know, the scientist in me or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it just marries well with my personality. And so hand tools have pretty much been there from the start. Cool. So yeah. 11, 1116 Woodworks asks, if you were left with one hand tool in your shop, what would you want it to be? We I'll have somebody to... outside to take away all the ones you want to pick right now. Oh, I know. So I, I think, Izzy Swan and I are kind of the same in this regard. And I didn't realize that until I got it myself. So there is this particular piece of hand tool that I will show you. And the only reason I would want it is because it's sentimental. This is a black plane that was custom made for me. Um, and Izzy has one. And I've been trying to chase this thing for years. The guy who makes it, he was like, no, <laughs> I'm not making it for you. And when we were getting married, my wife wanted to get that hand plane for me as a wedding present. So she knew who it was. She reached out to him and he was like, no. <laughs> so I ran into Izzy in his shop from like a whole bunch of other things. And I mentioned it to Izzy and he's like, okay, let me call him. So he calls the guy and Tony's like, no. <laughs> so eventually, long ways about many years later, I got a hand 
that particular hand plane. So if anything else goes, like Izzy told me, if my shop burns down, that's the one tool I'm saving. For me, it'll probably be the same. That's really cool. Wow. Yeah. Great question. So I was creeping through your Instagram, as I am notorious for doing before these interviews. And How did you go? Not that far back. I was putting a toddler to sleep at the time. So like I had to be quiet and I was I was scrolling in the dark. But I did see that you've done a fair bit of turning with carbide as yeah. of late. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Um is this something that has been appealing to you more lately? I, I didn't go far enough back to see if, if the lathe's been around for a while, but oh, no. uh, the lathe is very, very new. I got it maybe like a month ago. Oh fun. Um, yeah, so I bought a lathe maybe like five years ago at one point, and at the time I didn't really have a good sharpening setup for traditional, you know, turning tools, and so I like just kind of used the tool as I got them, which was dull, and it caught, and I almost had a near accident. And I was like, you know what? I don't really like, like need bowls. I'm good. <laughs> so I literally bought this lathe. That week, I sold it and got rid of it completely. I'm like, I'm done with lathe. I don't need to deal with it. And then, like, much more recently, I've seen other folks getting into lathe work, and maybe the algorithm is, like, feeding me lathe content. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll give lathe another try. And so, uh, like, about a month ago or so, I just got a lathe. And for me, I, I wanted to start with carbide tools, like, uh, like you saw, because it's an easy entry, even though they don't give you the best results. It's a little bit easier to use the tools, get used to the mechanics, understand that particularity of, you know, wood turning. And then eventually I want to switch into proper, you know, wood turning tools. Um, but I need some extra jigs to be able to sharpen, you know, the, the actual high speed steel tools. So eventually I'll get that. Yeah. Well, again, I just, I think it's cool. And anytime somebody is working on a lathe, I, I like to prop them up because it's, uh, it's the best mess and the most fun way to do woodwork. For sure. You uh, you uh, consistently smile while working at a lathe, whereas I know I wince when I use a table saw and I squint when I'm using my awesome bandsaw. But on the lathe, it's all smiles. So, love it. So, can anybody translate that question for me? Nope. No. No idea. Unfortunately, Instagram doesn't allow translation either. So, apologies for that. If it was a question or a statement, we appreciate it. Thank you, but I don't think we're going to be able to answer that. They'll translate it if it's in a, um, like in a comment, you can translate it, uh, but. Yeah. Duffy Woodcraft asks, what is the one tool you don't have yet that you want? It's tough. I, I would have said laser and I just got one that I really wanted. Um, Did you get the X tool? Yeah, I have the P2, um, and I also have the Laser Packer 4 that has the dual frequency or wavelength. Um, I like them for different reasons, but yeah, that's a tool I would have loved to have in the past that, that I have. So I really don't know, guys. Like, I'm pretty content with what I have. Um, maybe like a big CNC, like a really big CNC, but I would cry giving up that much like real estate in my shop. I have the space. I just don't want to give it up. That's true. You can rig up like a gantry type system and just lift an entire like six by ten C 
CNC just up towards your ceiling and then drop it. That would be super safe. Yeah, I, I think the kind of CNC I'm thinking, it would crumble my infrastructure. <laughs> so that's not going to be a possibility. I think the, I mean, the cool thing about like CNC is that, well, I, for mine, like I have the extended gantry and I have um, plasma and router. And then now Avid came out with the laser for it too. So it's almost like giving up that kind of real estate wouldn't be as big of a deal because you could have like three different functions all in one true. machine. I haven't yeah, yeah. seen anybody with all three yeah. on the same machine, but I'm interested to know if it's possible. See, for a CNC of that size and capacity, for me, it would be a production tool. So there are a couple of things that I would love to make and have as a product or at least prototype. Mm -hmm. and, a, and for that purpose, I kind of would want a vacuum table to go with it too. Um, and so that leaves you a little bit more limited in terms of can you use other types of like, you know, like a, like a plasma cutter, that's going to be a no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know, but I definitely am entertaining the, the whole big CNC thing because it, it would be useful for prototyping. I've, I've had a real issue because I mean, it's not a big CNC, but I have the Onefinity and they do the laser and I want a bigger laser. And to me, I've always thought the opposite of giving up access to being able to run the CNC to do like engraving or lasering stuff. Like I, I would rather give up the space rather than give up, you know, being able to only run one tool or the other. Yeah, yeah. I, it really comes down to what your workflow is. Um, I can tell you for me, I wouldn't want an open laser. Like I would want it to be contained, filtered, vacuumed, whatever it is. I don't want that in my shop. Um, so the, the laser breaker is an open laser. And even then, like I probably wouldn't use it if I if I'm not in a ventilated space uh, or if I'm not wearing the appropriate respirator so mm, I, yeah like Jesse I feel you but I would not want an open laser on an Avid. I mean yeah, I've, my seen laser them, I've seen some vacuum systems phone. but it's still not like it's still not yeah. enclosed yeah. and I have my laser so I don't really like need that aspect of it but mm -hmm. yeah I yeah it's still stinky even with an enclosed and with like Filtration. More, more filtration, more, you know. Yeah. Like I have a vent system. I have the fan and everything, but it's still. Yeah. Woodcraft said that uh, they have the laser breaker too, and it's amazing. And I agree. For that laser is really, really great for like lo putting logos on things and doing smaller engraving. It's so fast and convenient because you can use your phone to run it. And I love it for that. I used to have one of those until I got the laser breaker 4. And I really, really love it. And even with like the bigger laser, the P2, you're limited to what your workpiece is that can fit in that. I mean, you can work around it, but it's really not as convenient. It's just like picking it up, plopping it down where you want it to engrave and just engrave. Uh, and so that's why those two combination really works well. Yeah. I get a little nervous running my laser pecker because it doesn't have like the cone and yeah. the walls of my shop are white. And, and so, like the reflected light that comes off it in my peripheral yeah. can kind of mess with me yeah. a little bit and then i'm also worried about like my dog coming in here yep. for whatever reason like while it's running i'm like ah, my dog's gonna get hit with laser reflections and then i feel like i'm in a sci-fi movie but the cone seems useful yeah um, for sure and and i think some level of filtration would be good too but i would say if you guys have the laser pecker um, there is a particular uh, protective glasses that I would recommend. And if any of you watching here have the laser packer, look, I work with the brand. 
I don't care who they are, what they are. I don't trust their glasses. I'm going to have my friend test them out, you know, with his fancy equipments, but I'll get the proper glasses. Of course you are. You know? Yes. <laughs> well, and Suman, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't, isn't like the light coming from lasers, isn't it just like an acclimation thing? So like if you look straight at it, your eyes build up the immunity. Yeah, so yeah, you just yeah. Stare at it. You can also get a free LASIK eye surgery if you stare at it long enough. Perfect. Boys and girls. None of that. None of that should be taken seriously, you guys. Lasers are incredibly dangerous, and you need to be careful. This is where we're like, Suman, shut up. There's Watch somebody tune in for like two seconds of this whole video, and that's all they hear from Suman, and they're like, oh, yeah, free LASIK. <laughs> all these people go just, blind. Just Thanks, holding man. the laser up like this and just trying to get it just right. You get zero your vision oh. out of that, not 2020. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got. Let's see. Uh, okay, I think, so I think the person that asked that question in Arabic is trying to translate it to us. Okay, that would be great. Let's see. That'd be awesome. All right, I'm not 100% sure on the order either. Okay, uh, let's see. I think that's one of my followers. Whoever works with wood is supposed to take care of the required aspect keep that in mind is it like a multi-stage question okay there's like three parts the most important thing is that there's artistry in the meaning and method of work okay i think this may be a statement not a question but i'm glad they're sharing with the rest of us in the class that's a good thing Hey, we're getting Arabic translated into English. Absolutely, I'm no, that's incredible. Thank you for, first of all, thank you for being here um, and for asking questions and for engaging with the content. Um, and yeah, I, I, I mean, if, if I understand correctly, the sentiment of there is definitely a intersection of passion, art, expression and woodworking, right? And the people who just, who make things out of wood to meet a function, nothing wrong with that. like. We do DIYs, renos, home needs, all of that, right? But when you can really spend some time to look at a piece of furniture and what it's supposed to do, and then reimagine what it should be or could be, then you're getting into works of art. Uh, and I think it's a beautiful thing for people who really push the envelope on, on that. And, you know, like uh, Nick Padula from Padula Studios and YouTube kind of comes to mind as an individual who does that. Uh, Nick Sawyer, all the Nicks, all the Nicks of woodworking seems to do this really well. Uh, Nick Sawyer also does a really good job of that. Uh, and so those people are just, they're fantastic to watch because they really push the envelope on what woodworking is into the realm of art. Amen. Okay. So what would be a project that would make you stop doing whatever you were doing at the time? Let's say you had that eureka moment and and make you run into the shop and immediately start working on it. What 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 would rev your engine hard enough to just drop everything and get straight to the shop? Laser eye surgery. I, I don't know. I mean, there's something about if I see somebody doing hand tool woodworking, I'd want to hear those sounds myself, not through a computer or through a phone. I want to be in the space to hear those sounds because if you do any hand tool woodworking, you know how cathartic and, and relaxing it is to like listen to those tools do what they do best. Um, so hand tool woodworking probably, yeah. Gotcha. Also, 
Are you going to get prints made of your little photo of all of your curlies up next to each yeah, other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I have this whole, like, idea that I need to execute at some point uh, when it comes to that concept. So, yes, there is a picture of it. It will eventually be available in fine prints if I can get uh, Adoroma to do, like, high-quality prints. Um, and, and I have some ideas on how, where I can take wood shavings into furniture as its own thing. Um, but I think we're going to have to wait on that because I don't want to spill too much of those ideas away. Wow. It's a gorgeous picture. I sat and stared at it for a while. I was Isn't like, it fun? Yeah. Are you hinting that you're going to build something entirely made of clear epoxy filled with wood shavings? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Don't push him. <laughs> Make it a spill of beans. And then Suman Paul over here at 1116 uh, does a lot of photography work, so he might be able to get you pointed in the direction yeah. of a good oh, print. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, Target, the Target print section. Target, <laughs> not Target. We're looking for Target. Uh, uh, all right, old Double D, Daniel Dunlap. Oh, are you coming to Maker God. Camp? So I was just talking to my buddy Scott because uh, Scott Walsh and I, we were planning on coming down, and the operative word is were. Um, it just doesn't seem like the timing is, is working out for us right now. Um, so the answer might be a no on that. But I will be at WorkbenchCon. That, that one's booked, so I'll definitely be there. But I, I don't think that there's like a 5% chance that I'll make it to uh, Maker Camp this year, unfortunately. I know. I know. Sorry, Jess. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll still see you at WorkbenchCon, you know, in the communal areas. So that was very suggestive. <laughs> that I'm sorry, I had that to. reminds me we didn't get the story at the beginning. <laughs> the tea on how you met a friend. It's a joke. It's fine. It's, it's like a total joke, and I think it's best that that joke stays internal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share it with you guys later. <laughs> um. So, can you tell us when you started? your YouTube and was that like pretty aligned with when you started woodworking started your page or did that come later? So I started woodworking, I want to say back in 2013 or so. So like 10 years ago, um, I have always, so I used to make videos like educational videos for the university, uh, when I like was a student and I had like a part-time job doing that. And I always thought like, I, I should make some woodworking videos. You know, I see the folks like Mark Spagnolo doing it and, I have some of the video making skill sets that I can transfer over. Turns out when you have to be in front of the camera, it's a totally different ballgame. So I filmed a video, I think of me making, I don't know, a box with box joint or something like that. And it was horrendous. Like I know what engaging videos are supposed to look like. And I just couldn't produce that in front of a camera. Right. And people who are watching, you know, if you're, if you're not into content creation, you don't realize how much time you have to spend being comfortable and looking comfortable in front of a camera. It's, it's definitely an acquired and practice skill. And so scrap that whole idea that was back in like 2015 or something. And so I never produced a piece of woodworking content since, but I continue to do woodworking. Um, but eventually I was like, okay, I have to do it. I, I have to do it. And so I did. And um, so I started making, I think YouTube videos in like 2021 or something like that. Yeah. And it's around the same time. I see uh, John from Lincoln Street just joined. 
And so on the same time, he started making content as well. I think we were like a week or two apart when we started the channels and that's how we linked up because I, I ran into his content and, uh, and that's how we've gotten to know each other. He really blew up. Yeah, we don't talk about him in his success. It's just, it's just not fair. <laughs> this is Shuman's night. Right, exactly. Why are we talking about you. John? John who? Wick? So what of, I mean, you have a lot of really, really cool content. <clears throat> what video did you, have you made that was, let's just call it the most fun to make? Like, which one did you enjoy making the most? Honestly, so when I started my channel, I told myself I was going to make a piece of content a week. So early on, at the beginning of my channel, I literally made one video per week for 20 weeks or something straight. That was such a thrill. I mean, like, because I had to come up with an idea, plan it. If it was a build, I had to build it, film it, edit it, post it all within a week, right? So it was such a hustle and it got me nowhere, but I was so excited at the time. Uh, and I think that was probably the most fun I had. Uh, nowadays, it's a lot more, um, more carefully constructed, so to speak. And there are parts of it that's, that's very tedious and labor intensive. So it's not nearly as fun, but I enjoy the strategy behind it a lot more now. So are you setting your camera up on a tripod for every shot that you're putting together? Or are you working with a friend or associate to uh, make sure that everything comes out close to the way that you think it should? Great question. So so everything I do is a one-person shop. So all of the filming is pretty much on a tripod uh, for everything. <laughs> yeah, young Simon, as John said, was so full of hope. He remembers when I was in that hustle of making a video a week, and he was like, no, man, I'm going to do a video maybe like once a month if I feel like it. And I thought he was crazy. <laughs> yeah, young Simon was so full of so, hope. So full of hope. Now <laughs> my eyes are dull now. <laughs> no more glasses. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I pull up your YouTube just to kind of see some of the videos. What, what do you think it is about threaded inserts that just riled up everybody so much more than some of your other content? I think it's an easy concept to understand. Um, and it's against the grain of what is common perception, right? Um, some of the other testing videos that I've done are a little bit more difficult to grasp, at least in the way that I presented it. I think I could have simplified things a lot more, but I made it surprisingly complicated because that's what I, I do in, in my day job. I make things complicated. Uh, and so it's even, even though the, the, my mindset at the time was still nuanced, um, the topic itself lent itself to being simple and easy. Like my next video is about testing uh, wood glue joint strength over how long it's been drying for. So five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, 24 hours, uh, just to see how much strength do you really get over that period of curing time. It's very hard to complicate that video. It's really simple, right? Like there's nothing about it that's hard to explain. Uh, unlike my last video, which was about, you know, safety as being a DIYer, which is a very nuanced and complicated topic. So to answer a long question short, uh, it was a simple concept. 
just on the subject of wood glue strength and cure times, I recently learned about tight bond quick and thick, which I've had kind of sitting in a cabinet for a while and is open to lots of silly jokes about how people like things. Um, but it is a miracle glue. Um, if, if you guys haven't had a chance to play around with it yet, uh, 45 minutes of dry time for quick and thick um, is amazing, the strength that it has. Yeah. And the other question that I wanted to eventually answer is, this is from 2018. I've let this sucker cycle through winter, summer, all of it. I'm going to see how well this ranks up with a fresh can of glue. So we'll see. We'll play with it. Well, yeah, that or you just fill it back up to the top with water and use it to seal the end grain of your lawn so they don't check, man. That's Arbor Seal right there, man. You're, you're good. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, we've got a back to a hand tool question. Why can't I get good shavings with my hand plane from Harbor Freight? I'm, the question is not a serious question because it's from Drew. Uh, <laughs> so it's hard for me to give a serious answer to a non-serious question. Um, it's, it's probably because Drew sucks at sharpening. It's, it's what it comes down to. That's right. I mean, uh, it's kind of a serious question though, because look, there's look people in that- here. There's Look in here, find a better sharpener. <laughs> so, I mean, so hand planes inherently, it's one of those things where the quality of the tool does matter because it gives you consistency. Not necessarily that it won't give you some magical, beautiful, whisper-thin shavings once in a while. It will give, it give you that, but the consistency is what's lacking. Uh, and the precision of the adjustments and all of that is what's lacking. So uh, there's a good chance that you're not getting a good shaving if you have a, you know, a mass-manufactured tool that wasn't well-considered, well-machined. Uh, one of them would be, and the most, the biggest and most important part is that the, the iron isn't sharp enough. It needs... A hand plane should be sharp enough to shave with. That's how sharp it needs to be for it to work well on a piece of wood. The other thing is you're probably taking, as a beginner, the mistake that I made was you're taking too thick of a pass with it. So, you know, hand planes wanted to, they're happy in the one thousandths to five thousandths of an inch shavings, maybe ten thousandths on the heavier side. Uh, but they really like to be very refined tools, taking really thin shavings. Uh, beyond that, you know, tool adjustments, you know, so it really depends. So uh, a spinoff question from that, um, because some people do start with Harbor Freight tools, right? If they're just getting started and they're coming into it, they're not going to spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on tools. So if somebody was getting into hand planes and wanting to do that, what what would your recommendation be for a budget-friendly, good starting place yeah. with a yeah. decent tool? Great question. So I think just about any tool will work. It's how well is it going to work and for how long, right? For example, if you buy a chisel from Harbor Freight or you know the home center, you can get them sharp, they will work well, but they won't last, like that edge won't last long. So it's going to take more sweat equity getting that tool back to pristine condition again for usability, right? And so that's the trade-off. Uh, when you buy a nicer quality steel that's better machined, it's gonna be just a little bit more refined. It's gonna hold its edge a little bit better. It's gonna adjust a little bit better. And so it doesn't mean that 
the tool that you may get from a home center or Harbor Freight or anywhere isn't going to do the job for you. It just means that you have to be more patient and you have to understand what's not working. And for somebody who's starting out, the key factor is you, they don't know what's not working and therefore the whole thing becomes an overwhelming frustration. And for that reason, I say, you know, especially when it comes to hand tools, maybe with chisels, that's something different because it's a little bit more obvious. But with like a hand plane, for example, start with a good one or borrow a good one from a friend. Use it so you know what it's supposed to feel like. You know how it's supposed to sound. You know what that physical mechanics is like. And then when you go into any other tool, you'll know exactly what's wrong with it and why it's not working. And you'll have a lot more, you know, uh, knowledge and experience to get it to do what you want it to do. I like that. Use what works the best and then work your way backwards. Yep. Yep. I like that. That's good advice. See, and you thought it was just a joke question. From Drew? He never asked serious questions. Uh uh, well, okay, so if that was a, a non-serious question, let's let's get into a really serious question then, just to balance it out. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to go through. I have to go through the, what I what I personally consider to be a sandwich. I think if it's a meat between two buns, <clears throat> it's a sandwich. <laughs> So take it any way you will. <laughs> it's a sandwich. So yes. Uh, oh John, John has a question for you. Is Odie's oil your favorite hard wax oil? Um, we have so many serious questions. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't even think I'm allowed to answer that question. Due to due to legal issues, maybe. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. There's here, there's a YouTube about that. <laughs> we'll this drop one, it in the comments. This one might be real. All right. <laughs> Thoughts on Veritas and Bridge City Planes. So, you'll notice I have Bridge City Planes. I personally prefer Veritas. Um, Bridge City tools look really nice. Uh, you can get them to work well. I personally found them a little bit more finicky to get them to work like the way they should. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm doing something wrong, but I just don't see it. And so for me, uh, I think Veritas makes the better tool. That's all I can say on that. And if Harvey's watching, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Have you? You and any of your trade show encounters played with, uh, what is it, the Bridge City Chopstick apparatus? I have not. It does look really cool, though. But, like, fun is fun, right? And that's, that's my problem. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, 2023 money doesn't buy anything. A trip to Five Guys is, like, 30 bucks, right? So, like, you know, that's, like, six trips to Five Guys. It's not that bad. But, but boy, does that look like a really good time. It is a really good I, I imagine it's a really good time. I haven't used it yet, but if you just need chopsticks, what I would recommend is, you know, cut three eighths inch by three eighths inch piece of wood, like, you know, 10 inch long, chuck it up on a hand drill, and then just let it go to town on a belt sender. You'll get chopsticks real fast. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. Yep. It's, it's less fun, but it gets chopsticks for sure.
And Cadillac's chopsticks are only a little bit poisonous, right? Like it wouldn't be too bad. I've noticed if you use uh, like Home Depot two by fours to make them, you get like a really springy grit. It's almost like a spring loaded grit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it, you know, if you're eating something with uh, food color, you know, like it, it adds to the finish of your chopsticks too. Especially if you want chopsticks that go like this. But no, seriously, <laughs> if you make chopsticks, I would definitely recommend making them out of darker colored woods because it doesn't show. All right, so what has been one of the most complicated, most in-depth somethings that you have built or made? Um, end question. <laughs> Um, I would say the last video was one of the more complicated things for me to make and produce. Uh, the reason for it is because it's on a topic that I unfortunately know a lot about, but I know about them from a very scientific perspective. And the audience that I'm trying to communicate with in that video is not a scientific audience, right? And it's really hard because so John and Scott always bashes me for my scripts being too nuanced. And they're absolutely right. Uh, but the thing is like 40 plus hours a day, I talk to people using scientific terms in a very nuanced way. And we get into the nitty gritty details of everything, right? And so how do I transfer that, cut all of it off, and then write a script about something that's tangibly related um, and talk about it in a way that doesn't sound like it's a research paper. Well, I don't because my first script was a research paper. <laughs> and basically when I was, you know, having a chat with uh, John and Scott, they were like, yeah, no, you got to scrap the whole thing. You, you can't use this script. It's, you're making a YouTube video. You're not trying to publish it. So uh, it, it had a lot more really detailed information, a lot more like citations and publication stuff and all of that. But it got scrapped completely. Um, so that was hard for me to produce. It was hard for me to, uh, I think, really solidify some of the complicated topics into something that's simple, yet leaves enough wiggle room to say, but there's more to that, you know? Uh, and it's, it's such a difficult thing to do. Uh, so I'm proud of the video, but man, it's hard. I think you did a really good job of like, I like I, I know the scientific side of you so I think you did a good job like honing it back a little bit and it, I mean layman's terms is probably not your preferred form of communication yeah, but yeah. it's like finding that happy balance of like really being able to be informational which you are but also like speaking to a larger audience of people that it really does pertain to yeah so I, I think you did a really good job well with thank it. you Jesse, I appreciate that. Yes, I watched so your videos. So just for all the viewers that are that haven't seen the video, can you can you give us like give everybody like the tagline of, of what the video was? And yeah, then so the, everybody so just go watch is, it. The video is titled uh, Hidden Dangers of DIY. And I go through some of the uh, non-common things that are uh, potentially harmful to a person who is a maker. Uh, if you're, you know, into DIYs, woodworking, you know, perhaps you use a laser or you do a lot of epoxy work. I try to cover some high level, uh, you know, things to consider and ways to protect yourself and give some solutions that you can consider uh, that, that are helpful.
and the results will shock you. <laughs> I mean, it might shock some people. I hope it doesn't shock people too hard. But it, it is, um, I saw some comments from that video today where somebody said, all of this is new to me. Thank you. That's, that, that's really encouraging. Um, I, because like, look, at the end of the day, people come from where they are with the amount of information and knowledge that they have about it. Um, I can't say I know Jack about aviation. So if somebody's watching, you know, making a video about an aviation channel, I can't come into it, um, you know, with the base level of knowledge that they, they may expect. Uh, so it's really good to see that the information is being communicated effectively enough to an individual who that's a novel, you know, thing to them and they found it valuable. That's, that's a job well done in, in making the script approachable. So what's next? What are you working on next? Um, so today I was actually just playing with uh, some domino connectors. Do you guys know like the, uh, the knockdown domino uh, connectors from festival? What's a domino? Uh, it is, it is a game that you play with your family. <laughs> so in woodworking, we have a, a, a cheat joinery system called uh, Domino, which is a floating tenon. And Festool is a brand that makes the, this one tool that they own the patents to, and they call it the Domino. And uh, you can use it for, you know, traditional woodworking joineries, but you can also use it nowadays to do knockdown joineries because they have like these metal fasteners and such. Uh, so I just got a hold of all of those metal fasteners and I've been playing with it and I'm trying to see how strong they are. And interestingly enough, I have some equipment to test how strong they are. So, uh, but I actually just decided to forego all of those equipment and just like stand on it and it seems to work. <laughs> so <laughs> we know what the barometer is of, is this good enough? Uh, and it seems pretty good for knockdown January. So I've been playing with that. So, come on, you so proud of you. You explained that in layman's terms so well. You did so good. I appreciate you literally it. broke down for anybody that's watching that isn't a woodworker exactly what a domino is. That was wonderful. Uh, do you do you see a lot of manufacturers switching in the future to a unified uh, measurement of Suman for testing strength? <laughs> no. So uh, I, there's one thing that I want to clarify that I think sometimes gets lost. Um, a lot of people see the the way that I approach testing something on, on a video as though that is the scientific way to do something. It's really not. It's more of a demonstration to show that particular thing. It's a demo, not a test. Because I can tell you in the real scientific world, things are done a lot more rigorously, a lot more controlled. Uh, I, I try to control as many variables as possible in, a, in my end, I, and I'll never speak to it. Like when I'm doing this joint, uh, the wood glue testing video, I'm gonna make sure that this environment has the same temperature, same humidity, because it will have an impact on the outcome of the test. And I can't, if I do it in multiple days, it, it, I can't speak to the results if I don't control those factors, right? Um, but I'm not gonna talk about it in my video, you know? Uh, but again, it's a demonstration. It's, it's a demonstration of that particular setup in that situation and what I'm doing. Um, there's no way for me to test every single thing in, in a more scientific way and communicate that in a way that's effective uh, because I don't have all day to test in the ways that real scientists would test those things. And so I have to bring it down a lot of notches. And so 
My testing parameters and setups are not end-all be-all. They're demonstrations uh, there to illustrate a point. And I try to make sure that that point is as reasonably generally understood and agreed on as possible. We need to get you I, to a woodworking lab. Ooh, back to the lab you don't again. Just shop, you need a lab. I need a lab. Uh, I appreciate you breaking that down for everybody and, and explaining in detail, but I still agree with Biscuit Tree Woodworks that says domino strength will forever be measured in salons. <laughs> Love it. I want to know what happens when we go greater than one suman. Well, we uh, get like two, two suman. It is an asymptotical approach to nothingness. And we don't know how close it gets to nothingness, so we don't ask. Are we talking phys sure. physical or or philosophical nothingness? Uh, I was talking about black holes, but that's okay. <laughs> There's a lot of variables. There's a lot of variables. I have one question before we start to close up here. Um, so a lot of us have seen the adorable tiny human that you helped make. Um, yeah. and I have a very serious question for you. Yeah. Where did she get her good looks? From her mom. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't show her mom too much on the videos um, because she has no interest in being in social yeah. media. Uh, but it is like 90% from her mom and she picked up some of my skin tone. And that's it. That's how we got the baby. <laughs> because she's like Polish, right? So she's very much on the fair skin tone side. And somehow we have a baby that's like a perfect in between the two of us. <laughs> so. she's, she's beautiful. Thank you. But having a puppy is hard, hard too, right? <laughs> yeah, Scott, if you're watching, <laughs> it's not hard, buddy. Uh, um, so we've got a couple more minutes. So I'm, I'm going to yeah. do a softball question just because I feel like we talk about this on almost every episode we're right in the middle in between last year's uh, or I guess this year's workbench con and next year's mm -hmm. workbench con was this year your first year what's been your experience there yeah, yeah. Do you have tips for anybody that might be interested in going yeah so uh, this past year uh, in 2023 was my first year at workbench con and I really wanted to go the prior year but it was like I think it was in February 28 or something. And we had our child and we were expecting our child on February 23rd. So I was like, eh, I think my wife might hate me if I did that. So I didn't go. Um, and so Scott and John went and I think John did, did a talk there. And so I made a promise to myself that if I go to WorkbenchCon the following one, uh, I would come back as a speaker and that would be my first time at WorkbenchCon as a speaker. So I did that uh, and it was a good time. I uh, I ran into a girl uh, at WorkbenchCon named Jessie, and we had a fantastic conversation about my work. Um, and yeah, no, it was a great time. I, I, what I didn't expect about WorkbenchCon is how much talking is done. People are like, you know, bring the lozenges or whatever that helps soothe your voice or whatever that might be. I'm like, no, that, that no, that can't be right. And I was like, oh my God. And people were like passing me lozenges in a talk, like as if it's a drug. <laughs> you talk a lot. You talk a lot at these th events. So um, yeah, I, it was my first time, really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to it again.
Well, if you, if you need it next year, come find me. I'll I'll have my my mini festool full of lozenges. So still little, little container. Yeah, love it. A little, little box. How do you so. you get a hold of that tiny little sustainer? Like, okay. do you have to know people? So I have the the small, but not the smallest one. Okay. And I have a I have a funny story about that. So I actually got it while I was there. We went to whatever the wood shop is that's there in Atlanta. I, and I am blanking on the name. But they have a just a solid like the whole back of the store is all festival and they had festival sustainers and they had the little medium sized ones. And I was like, what? Well, I'm going to overpay for this, but I absolutely have to have it. So I thought I it was given to people who were in the know with festival and they were like, it was like their way of saying, like, I have this cool thing that you can't have, you know, I think so, the longest time ruined that fantasy for me, because for the longest time, I'm like, I will work with Festool as a brand so I can get the sustainer, the mini sustainer. And well, long story short, I'm, I just started working with Festool and I have no mini sustainer. Tell us you need a Festool sustainer for business cards, that, that nice. little guy. You need the micro. And so this is, this is my funny story. And Evan is here yeah. who had the micro sustainer. And I think that's the one that you're referring to. Okay. But I was so, I was so proud of my little tiny sustainer. I thought I was so cool walking around. I'm at a hotel bar at like midnight surrounded by adults. And Evan is, <laughs> I can't remember, 15, 16. And he just walks up and he's like, you the guy with the little sustainer, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool, right? And he slaps his little business card size one on top. He's like, check that out. It's like, it's midnight at a hotel bar and I'm getting pumped out by a teenager. What is happening? To he me? wasn't talking about the sustainer. <laughs> no, my ego. My ego was shattered in that moment. I, I sat in the corner quiet for like half an hour. Just, I didn't know how to bounce back from that. But Listen, it was... if, you, if you decide on that little sustainer to put a, a hot dog bun and a hot dog, what you will have is a sandwich and a sustainer. A sustainer? Sandwich. Mm -hmm. Sure. Old statement because it's actually taco. You know, and you as got a cap, but sure. Oh, so, so, so sauce container. All right. Well, <laughs> on that note, uh, Jesse, you have any last questions? I don't have any last questions. Statements? I think I'm good. Comments? Um, I just want to say thank you for coming on. Um, I miss your face. I mean, it's been half a year. I know. So, been a while. No, I, I, I appreciate what you bring to the community, and I don't know. Just keep doing what you're doing because you're fun to follow and you're very educational, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Jesse. I really appreciate that. And for for what it's worth, like this is such a fantastic community of people to be around and surrounded by. And for those of you who are joining us, you know, live here, it, it's it's such a pleasure to be able to have people that actually care about what we have to say and think and uh and to make and so it, it, it's such a lovely experience and uh certainly looking forward to WorkbenchCon again this year for us to hang out and actually like start from a point of knowing each other as opposed to like who are you um and you know it's yeah thank you so much guys for having me i really appreciate you all of course yeah, it's fine. We, I mean, we literally just could not find anybody else. So it was super convenient for us. It's, uh, look, uh, I am happy to be the warm body that you needed today. Uh, no, thank you for, for being on. You, I mean, I, I think of you when I think of the community. So it's, it's great having you on and, and chatting with you. So, um, all right, the closing up stuff.
Thank you to our sponsors, Surf Prep and George Supply Co. They are stupendous. If you need stuff, you should go check them out. Um, click the little carrot thing right here, and you can follow Suman on Instagram, and then go find them on YouTube because that's where the real magic happens. Um, and then we have, if you want to see this episode or any of our older episodes, you can see uh, or listen to us on. I, I'm not even going to try to listen. All of the all of the apps for the podcast, they're they're all over the place. And hit up uh, thank Prep for the mini sustainer because if they don't make it now, they should be making it for their people as well. They do make it. They have a sustainer. No, I'm talking about miniature sustainer they can make fun of you at airports for. <laughs> Simon needs his micro one. Simon's exactly. getting a Where else are the micro like tools. <laughs> Uh, uh, maybe like a, like a, uh, anyway, we're getting off track, here, but <laughs> um, make sure you check out, uh, the, uh, God, you have me so off track. Okay. The, uh, the maker challenge for, uh, woodworker or no makers for St. Jude's is going on right now. Check out their Instagram. It'll be in the descriptions. I'm, I'm off track here. So that's it. We're good. TJ, close us up. Well, at the end of all of our shows, I like to ask our guests to share with the audience a motivational thought or an idea or something to get us to kick our shop doors open, go make a mess, yeah. and go get awesome. What would you like to give us? I've been thinking about this a lot more in the last couple of days, and that is uh, a lot of people don't like being in uncomfortable places and situations that actually are supposed to help them grow. Um, and so my my last parting thoughts with you is if you feel comfortable and you there is something that you want to do but you're comfortable where you are at go to that uncomfortable place because that's the only way you're going to grow i love it and with that we'll see you guys next week. Right, guys have a good night Bye. all right don't delete the whole thing Brady. you can do it, you can do it.